With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good morning.
Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. I'm sorry about the tardiness. Oh, no problem. Oh, okay. <laughs> How's it going? How was your weekend? Well, um, it was okay. They're, they're working in the unit, so it's uh, dust and dirt and funky men. You said dust and dirt and funky men. <laughs> yeah. How are you? It was okay. It was okay. I can't, you know. It was okay. You missed a lot of mastermind call last night. I know. I, I, yeah. 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 yeah I was, you know, normally we do five to seven. We didn't get off until eight thirty. So I could have made it on. Huh? I said so I could have still made it on. Because I was I was um I was still at church when the mastermind started. Okay. And so I thought, you know, by the time I get home, I'm like, oh, because we didn't get home until almost seven. And so I'm like, no, nah, they're probably about to wind down, so I'm not going to get on. So I said, I should have just went with my first man and called in anyway. Yeah. I mean, normally, um, you know, I do make an effort to, to get us off by, you know, by seven o'clock. It, you know, it's Sunday and for those who have to get up and go to work, they're trying to, you know, get their mind right, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yesterday I did the um, the ABCs of Purpose, which um, the um, which Lisa's cousin did at the women's conference, okay. and it just got the it got the conversation uh, going. And like about twenty minutes to seven, we were just about to get into um, M. And so, you know, I just told everybody, you know, that I didn't want to stop because we were flowing and and everybody was in agreement. So um, we just kept going. Oh, wow. That's I think that was good. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. Yes. That's, I'll, I'll definitely, you know, I got to stop doing that. I got to stop, like, you know, anyway. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you just, you just never know with our calls, um, <laughs> what's going to happen with them anyway, so. That's so true. That is so true. How was, um, how was church service? Church service was good. Um, <laughs> he, he, he was in Genesis, and yeah. he was, um, <laughs> God had him do an exercise with us um, where uh, you know, he was talking about, you know, the triune being and, and um, you know, like basically from the beginning. And he was talking about how, you know, God has, um, you know, has his hand on us even when we don't, like, realize it. And so he um, he he read some verse and then he was like, he, he was going to pray and basically that God was going to take his hand off of us and we could see what it felt like when 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 that happened. And you know, not everyone, you know, participated in the in the discussion afterwards, so you don't know, 
you know, how people felt or whatever the case may be. But um, my feeling wasn't as strong as Sam's was the time that God did it to him. But, you know, I started getting a headache. I could feel um, like a pain in, in, in my leg, not, not, not real sharp or anything like that. Um, but, you know, I did, you know, feel something. And then, um, and then later on, he had, he prayed and, and asked God to, um, you know, like to touch us, to embrace us so that we could feel him, you know, when he does. And, you know, and I can remember feeling like a tingling and, um, it was, it was, it was interesting. Ooh, it was interesting. Hmm. Missed that one too. <laughs> it, it, it was good. Ye- yesterday, yesterday was on fire. I see. I see. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, because I know, because um, I was going to call in, but I was running late getting to our Sunday school. So I was okay. Like, yeah, I was just like, okay, let me go, and yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, you know what? And I'm like, I, and I had told my daughter, I said, you know, you know, I mean, I only go for Sunday school. You know, I only go for Sunday school because it's, it's just like the call because we're all, you know, we're people sitting down and discussing scripture and the revelations we receive from it and stuff like that. And so the um uh, a friend of mine at the church was like, You're not staying for service? I'm like, Sunday school was actually my service. I don't usually come into the sanctuary when I'm here, you know. And then we do the same thing with our youth discussion. It's the same it's the same setup where we look at the scriptures and then we talk we speak on how it applies to being a young, a young adult and stuff like that, so it's, it's you know I'm like this for me I like you know we like we said before like it's really time out for me to be like the hoop and the hollering and the I don't want to be entertained you know? right I want to I don't want the I don't want the music to hype me up and you know and all this other stuff I just want it. give me I, I like praise and worship. Give me the uh, a guitar and a piano and the praise and worship team and the choir, the all the, the loud loud mics and all this other stuff and uh and it, it just it's just too much. It's just there's a there's a time and place for everything. Like if you're gonna have a concert, that's fine, but <laughs> not a, not a mini concert and then a sermon, you know? Because I I was like I was looking at my timeline and. You know, and I'm like the the mentality of what the church what church growth is 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 so far removed from what God considers considers church growth. You know, mm-hmm. and um, and it was like one of the advertisements was like, "Are you looking to, you know, um, and you know, increase your increase your congregation?" I'm like, how was that an advertisement? Like, what? You right. <laughs> so, it's, yeah, yeah, you know, and the constant, you um, know. It has become that, though. Yeah, 
you know, because they look at larger congregation, that's more money in their pocket. Exactly. Exactly. I think it's, you know, it's, yeah, mm, would this be like maybe a double-edged sword or what have you, but, um, you know, like people are really down on the, on the mega churches, and I, I'm, I'm sort of mixed about it, you know. Um, I don't, I don't, personally, I don't have a problem with someone who started their church from nothing and, and built it up, Um. I don't have a problem with the fact that the, the pastor is making all his money. Um, if, if the pastor gets a percentage of of, of of what the church brings in, then, you know, if the church is bringing in millions of dollars, then why wouldn't the pastor, you know, get a percentage of that? Just because it's a lot of money, that means he shouldn't, you know. It's almost like people have this mentality that, that a pastor is supposed to be poor. Right. And, and, and struggling. You know, and um, now I, I do have a problem if the church is not doing anything in the community, mm-hmm. you know, especially if it's a mega church. Because if you have all these resources, there's a lot that, that you could be doing, you know, other than buying a $60 million jet. Um, but, <laughs> you know, so I wouldn't just, like, um, uh Think think badly on on a on a pastor because he's a pastor of a mega church and he's making all this money. But you know, dig deeper. What what is it that that you are doing for your community? You know, right. uh, people are having a problem with the fact that you know the big the big uh, name preachers and stuff like that aren't saying anything about the kids dying in this. You know the the um, like black people being killed by the cops and so on and so forth. Well, they haven't said. Well, you know, first of all, we don't know that they haven't said anything. We just haven't right. seen them on TV, okay? Because they could have said something and it not be aired. We know that happens all the time, right? You know, see the, um, you know, and that's the sad part though, because again, you're worried about what the world thinks. Uh huh. You know, and so. Oh, it's cool that you say it to your congregation, but at the end of the day, if you cut it out before you do your actual broadcast, it's not saying anything. Those who are looking for some kind of hope and recognition, and they say the church should be recognizing it, and you're not saying, and you you have these people who are actually taking the time out to look at you and listen to you, and you're not you're not showing them the concern that they think should be shown, then you're making God out a liar. Mm. You're making God look, look look like he doesn't care. Because, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but it's true that people people consider the, the head of the church God, that representation of God, which he's supposed to be. But if he doesn't represent God in the right way, then they're blaming God and not the man. Mm-hmm. That their concerns are not being met, so now they're mad at God, and God is again like, um, "Yeah, I do have concern. I don't know why they're not saying anything, but I do have concern." <laughs> you know, so it, it, it's it's on the on the congregation too, because or maybe maybe they don't realize that they're, that they're like when we talk about you know like being fed and whatever, and it, and if you're not being fed, that you should have the strength to you know to look elsewhere. Um, if 
if you are upset because your pastor is not taking a more prominent stand um, in something that is so vital to our community, then perhaps you need to be looking at your pastor and why he's your pastor. But no, that's but that's the thing. He's saying it across the pulpit. Okay, but you're saying he's not saying it publicly. Right. So that's when you see the broadcast, you know, you see the broadcast on TV, they've actually cut that portion out. Okay. Because, oh, okay, because, okay. Yeah, because I, I remember a couple of um a couple of years ago, um the guy that did uh, what's his name? Oh. He's a he's a mega church, and he he had this book. Oh Lord, what is the name of that book? Like Joel Osteen, are you? No, not him. The author Creflo of Dollar? the hmm? Creflo Dollar. No, this is a this is actually um he's a white minister. I can't remember his name, but he's the one that wrote a purpose driven life. Um, it sounds familiar, but I can't think of who it is. Okay, yeah, yeah, and. And um, a couple of years ago, he said across the pulpit that homosexuality was a sin and that God doesn't honor same-sex marriage and stuff like that. But when he aired it on TV, there was nothing said about it. And so then he did, you know, he was doing interviews about something that he was doing, and it was brought up again. But his stance changed, and he mm. said, "Oh, you know, I, you know, I don't believe homosexuality." You know, he did that that political mumbo jumbo without actually saying anything. And okay. so whoever was in his congregation, or whoever was, you know, they, you know how you record the message, mm-hmm. and they had recorded what he said. And they posted, and they had posted on my timeline. Yeah, this was like a couple of years ago. And he said across the pulpit that homosexuality was a fan. And Rick so, Warren. Rick, yes, him. Thank you. And um, what happened was he recanted even after they did that. He was like, that was not meant to be, basically that was not to, meant to be for public consumption, only for his congregation. Wow. Yeah. And so, you know, that's why I was like, you know, they're probably, you know, the other mega churches, especially the black ones, are probably saying something, but to be politically correct, and because they are being muggled and what they can and cannot put on, you know, broadcast, they're, you know, they look unconcerned. And I thought it was, I was like, I thought it really strange. Now they did a, um, they did the the march. They reacted the march of um, King of Chicago from mm-hmm. 19 something. And I'm like, now here's Jesse Jackson on the front line to do the re, the, the you know the the um the reunion or whatever you want to call it. But you have never seen him say anything about the black on black crime. Mm-hmm. You have never mm-hmm. seen him. That you're talking about? Hmm? Who is this that you're talking about? Reverend Jesse Jackson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because wasn't it this weekend that they did the, the remarch? Right. Of, you know, and so he they showed, you know, they showed a picture of him 
marching with everybody else on the front line and and and, and carrying the sign and all this other stuff. And I'm like, okay, you can do that, but what happened to you when? Well, was it, I think sixty people got shot this weekend. Yeah. And there was like another fifty last weekend. Where are you? You know, with your pull then, where people need to see you saying, "We need to do more. We need to do. We need to act. We need to, you know, take our youth back or whatever." And and he's silent. Well, if you believe the rumors, then ain't nobody putting no money in his pocket. Exactly. So again, now people who considered him. Uh, and, you know, the a representation of God because he's a minister, you know, now they're blaming God for not caring. You Sam know, talked about that yesterday, too. Yeah. You know, about when we, you know, when we don't do what it is that we're supposed to do, um, you know, as in, you know, like our faith walk and, and being in the word and, and trusting the Lord and, and, you know, and so on and so forth. But then when things happen, then in, you basically instead of being accountable, we want to blame God. Right. And he, he's like, really? The only thing that Like, okay. I mean, we would, hate, we would hate for somebody to do that to us, but we'll do it to God in a minute, won't we? Yeah, this is true. <laughs> this is very cool. a minute. You know, so sad. All I'm asking for you to to read, to read my word and to to have faith and to believe and you know, do a few other things. But um, and and you won't do what you're supposed to do. But then you're gonna get upset because I didn't do what you thought I should do. Mhm. And he's like, wow, wow. <laughs> and my daughter says, "Wow!" <laughs> but if you but if you look at you know, I mean, it's good to see the the young people taking a stand, you know, um, like with the marches and you know and the things like that. I mean, it's not just young people, but the young people have have taken the lead on it, mm-hmm. and and that and that is a good thing. Um, but where are any of the the prominent pastors in Chicago? Right. You know, I know that um John Hanna, he's done a couple of um I mean he's I, I can say that I've seen I saw, you know, like him do a um he did the little he did the prayer on Seventy Ninth okay. Street, you know, and he tried to get you know, he tried to get it out there but, you know, it didn't it didn't grab hold because I don't know if he, like I told my daughter about our church, I'm like, are you going to the other ministers of the other churches? I mean, yeah, it was nice to see him on Steve Harvey and, you know, trying to try to put it out there on the radio and stuff like that. But it's like, are you personally calling all of the other ministers of other churches so we can show that the church is united? Mm-hmm. You know, and and show that the church, the, not just my church, but all the churches in our area, care about what's going on where I kids. You know, because where, where all of us, and and that other one that was all in the news when when Ronner was was running for mayor. I can't think of the other one. 
the one that spent the, 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 the time on the roof of the building. Right. And I think I think he's done something, but again, no coverage. But again, yeah, but it's like, like, okay, but why, why isn't there coverage? Because, you know, you got coverage before with the shenanigans that you were doing. Right. You know, right. so now why, why aren't you getting coverage? And, you know, being on the outside looking in, but I think part of it is because, you know, everybody wants to be chief. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to, to, to control it. And so, you know, the, the, the movement that's going now has a life of its own. They're not looking for anyone to come in and, and be like, okay, well, this is how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, these, these young people are, are fired up. And, they, you know, they are out there and they are, you know, they, they, they are making people notice them. You know, and so, you know, part of our problem, I think, even as a people, is is the coming together. You know, yeah. because no one wants to to be to be following anyone else. Everybody wants to be in charge. Right. My idea is better than yours. Exactly. Or, yeah. And that, and that's a, and that and and that is why we're we're the. Even though we're the strongest when we are actually in the spirit, we are the weakest when it comes to being on one accord. Oh, without a and, doubt. And I can, I can actually, and I hate to give kudos, but I gotta give a little applause to the to the enemy because he he really did a number on us, you know. Oh, and it's, continues to do so. Yeah, and because you look at all the other, um, all the other nations, all the other ethnic. You know that's of the Bible, that's of the book, the, the Spanish and the Chinese, and you know, and um, and even regular Africans and stuff. They know how to, they know how to network, and they know how to support each other. We are the only ones, you know, and we're kind. And I was, I was reflecting on that this morning. I'm like, and God was showing me that we're the only ones where they're constantly. Um, we're the only society where they're constantly working uh, a kind of, um, we're always, they're always testing to see what, you know, what works and what doesn't. Because I was looking at, you know, I was thinking about the, the children. I'm like, they have them already at a disadvantage, you know, where they have those who have uniforms and those who don't have to wear uniforms. So now you've already divided them that way. And then it's like you can wear a uniform from this grade to this grade and then this color from this grade to this grade. So it's constantly dividing based on color. It's constantly dividing. So you're already in the mentality that this color or being or being um or being different is is is, is not right. So those who wear uniforms to school are looking at those who are not wearing uniforms to school, and they're either jealous or they're angry or, you know, and it's just like, oh, but we have a better education than them. And it's just this constant making sure that the, the division is right before mm-hmm. our eyes. And, and the social, there you go, Lord, thank you. The, the social experiments are like keeping us unaware of what's going on. That's why it's so it's so important for us to get back closer to God and and and, and seeing everything through His lens because His lens is pure, man. It's it's like 
you don't see all this other foolishness. It's just you see <laughs> or you, or you see it for what it is, foolishness. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know. Now, see, okay, see if you can answer this one for me because this has been puzzling me like for a long time, and I don't get into it on Facebook because I just don't feel like like the arguing of it. But what is people's problem with Michael Jordan? Okay, they they complain for the longest time. He's not saying anything about what's going on in the black community. And, da, 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 da. and I kept trying to figure out, okay, first of all, why are you all waiting on him specifically to to say something? And then when he does finally come out and say something, and then he donated a million dollars to the police organization and a million dollars to the NAACP um, uh, legal fund, um, then people were like, a million dollars each. That ain't a lot of money. Not for him. You know, but if you all aren't going after the other athletes. You aren't going after uh, singers. You aren't going after uh, other entertainers, you know, uh, actors and actresses and stuff. What is this big thing about Michael Jordan? Like, you know, he needs to speak. He needs to speak. Why? Because they consider him the another representation of Chicago. Like with Common, Common has come out and said something, and the Common is always out in the neighborhood, you know. Right, I mean, that's what he does that on a regular basis. Exactly. And, and so Michael that's doesn't. Exactly. And, but, but that's the thing. They're just like, he, with Michael Jordan, put supposed to be representation of Chicago, and because he has all this money and everything, they're like, just like they said with, um, what's the other big person in Chicago? Not not Kanye. Like even um, Jennifer Hudson came out and said something about the killings in Chicago, you know, and she came out against it and that we all need to come together. So they're just like, if all these other people who we consider to be a Chicago representation. Why isn't he, you know, out here saying something? You know, even though he's never said anything, they're looking for him to say something. And like you as I didn't understand it either. Hmm? He's not from Chicago. That's not the point. He they, they could be because he was I mean, a Chicago Bulls. He he represented Chicago for so long. And so that was their thing that he represented Chicago, and so now they're looking for. And because they're saying because it, because of his celebrity, this is this was um, what is this? I want to say this is after I forget who it was that got shot, because one of the mothers came forward and said, if he put his celebrity behind, um. Black Lives Matter or um, anything like dealing with uh, the killings in Chicago, that would cause the media to take a bigger interest in it. But because he, because they're like the celebrity is what draws the attention. And so they're like, I'm putting faith in man, not in God. I I know. I know. And the other thing is, I mean, okay, fine. Yes, he has, but he has never you know, like been like that. A lot of stuff that he does has always been like behind the scenes. 
You know, right. people are always trying to tell him, you know, like what he should do with his money. He needs to donate here. He needs to donate there. And it's like, first of all, you don't know that he isn't. Exactly. Okay. Because he does donate money anonymously, you know. So you don't know, like, what organizations that, you know, that he supports or whatever. But it's like, who are we to tell him what he should do or how he should feel or how he should act? We wouldn't want anybody telling us that. Exactly. You know, well, like you said, like, you know, they're putting they're putting faith in man and not in God. Because when you look at it, it is his money. And like you said, we wouldn't want nobody coming to us, telling us what to spend our money on. From a dollar to a million dollars. We'd be like, this is mine. I made it. So, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, but, you know, what um, a psychologist had said 10 years ago that um, people think, that once somebody reaches that kind of celebrity status where they're always in the media, that they are now a public possession and that they can they can say a remark and comment as they so choose. But Halle Berry said it, you know, the 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 most the best to me. She said, Yes, I may have chosen to be a celebrity, but at some point what I do you know, in my personal life has no bearing on my social celebrities. I mean, you could talk about the way I dress. You could talk about who you see me with in public. But once behind closed doors, that's my business. It's not anybody else's. And, and I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. And when she said that, I was like, I applauded her because, you you know, between her and I think there was another celebrity that said about the same thing, like, yeah, when I'm out and about, you know, and you see me on the street, yeah, I'm a celebrity. But when I'm at home with my kids and I'm behind closed doors, it's really none of your business. If I'm married, if I'm single, you know, you know, when it's behind closed doors, that's what it is. It's my life. It's not a public opinion poll or nothing, you know. Yeah. It's the job that they do. Their job exactly. is to and when I go to the show, if you're in a comedy and you make me laugh, you did your job. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, if it's a drama and, and, and I cry or I feel something for your character, then you did your job. Exactly. You know, if you, write, you know who you go home to at night, and, that ain't none of my business. As long as it ain't my man, I don't you know. <laughs> that's on you. <laughs> exactly. 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 <laughs> is my man you coming home to now it's my business um but other than that, you know i'm you know i'm good I, I i don't know and i know you know i'm on the exception side of this i mean i just don't think that celebrities owe me an explanation for their every move and you know and and so on and so forth um but you know what i don't even hear them talking about oprah like they do michael jordan huh. because oprah has always said what she felt. Yeah, but I mean, I haven't seen her, like, you know, this, 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 because she would bring uh, media also, you know, with the Black, with the Black Lives Matter and, and so on and so forth. Well, you, you know, know, she has her own network now, so she might be saying something. She has her magazine, she might have said something in there. And so those people who follow her would, you know, would know that she's, you know, that she's expressing her concerns or whatever. But mm-hmm. I noticed that once she, once she stopped being on mainstream TV and went to cable, you don't see her doing, like, interviews and stuff on 
mainstream TV. So yeah, but that's, and that's what I'm saying. People aren't, and she made her name in Chicago. Yeah, you know, but people aren't giving her the grief that they give Jordan. Well, she donates to people, and you know, and and, and to be honest, I mean, I know this call is being recorded, but you know, they, you know, they don't constitute her as being urban. She's more suburban, and they, and they had said that about her years ago. That she, you know, like when her when the demographics of her audience changed, you know, they really didn't look to her too much to say anything about the black community. I mean, the, the you know, her demographic went from from urban to suburban. But why so would they think that Michael is urban? He didn't grow up in the ghetto, even in North Carolina. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, it's like, I mean, I don't know. I just think, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not saying that he's perfect or, you know, or anything like that. I just think he gets a bum rap. Well, I mean, and also think about it. A lot of, he's, a, for one, he's a black man. And for two, he's what they, all of the, the ones that are killing each other try to emulate, a black basketball player. That's, maybe, that's, and that's maybe, that's, maybe that's their problem. They need to look in the mirror. Quit trying to be someone else. Yeah, I mean, because when you look, when you listen to, when you listen to, when you ask kids now what they want to be, it's it's never I want to be a doctor. You don't hear that many many doctors and nurses and stuff anymore. It's always oh, I want to be a singer or a dancer or or a basketball player, a football player, which there's nothing wrong with that. But if that's all you see as being a success mm-hmm. and not all the other stuff. Then that social experiment has has been achieved as well, because now you're saying that all of the other um, occupations, you know, are not necessary. That they're not they don't they're not favorable enough in your eyes to even try to learn how. To, and because I, I was I was talking to kids yesterday, and they were like, okay, okay, we get it. I said, if you look at it. 25, the last 25 years, I said from 25 years old to infancy is a generation that is being, that is, um, that's really being attacked now. I said, because I told my daughter, I said, okay, she's going to be 21. I said, so I give 25 from, from like 21 to infancy, you know, 25 to infancy. No, the, the mentality is different. The mentality is totally different than from 30 and up. And even in, that, in between 25 and 35, that mentality is, is kind of like skewed a little bit too. But if you look at it, they don't know how to talk. <laughs> they don't know how to communicate effectively. I was talking to my friend, and she was like, she can't talk to her grandkids. And they, her grandkids say they can't talk to her. She's like, they don't talk in complete sentences. Right. You know, and then they want stuff easy. You know, they want they don't want to they they don't want to have to work hard for it. I look at my son sometimes, and like like I, when we were talking, I had put the phone on mute, and I had told him I said um, he wanted to start watching the movie. I'm like, you're not going to start watching the movie this early. You're either going to do math or reading. And so he sat down, and before I said before I said that, I asked him if he was still sleepy, and he said no. I was like, okay, well, you know, um, 
he said, you, he went and sat down and was trying to watch a movie. I was like, no, you can either read or do math. And so he sat over there for like two, not even two minutes, I say 50 seconds, he goes, oh, you know, I'm still tired. I'm like, are you serious? And so, you know, it's like that mentality is being sown into them, like, don't work hard. Mm-hmm. Life is easy, you know. Stay in your bubble. Don't be productive, you know. You don't have to do anything for yourself. You don't have to think for yourself. I told, I told my daughter, I said, have you noticed how many mattress stores have popped up? I said, they really want us to stay asleep. They don't want us to be awake for anything. There is not that many mattresses in the world. Why do you have to have 15,000 different mattress stores that sell 15,000 different brands of mattresses? Okay, you only replace them like eight to, every eight to ten years. Give me a break. Exactly, exactly. But what but you said you, about, you know, them wanting stuff easy, and that's why they want to be, you know, part of why they want to be the, the, the sports or, or in the entertainment industry because they look at that as easy. You know, mm-hmm. to be a doctor or a lawyer, you got to go to school for a long time. You know, you, mm-hmm. have to, you have to work at that. You have to invest some money, you know, in that, and there's no guarantee that you're going to uh, graduate and, and make a lot of money. You know, exactly. doing something for the love of it, they, they, they've lost that, you know, um, that, that they've lost that yearning. And then when you look at, you know, the TV and, you know, why is it like uh, top, like headline news, what the heck is going on with Lindsay Lohan? Really? Mm-hmm. You know, she's not, she's not the president. <laughs> you know, she's not, uh, um, she's not the pope. You know, but she gets into a fight with her, with her boyfriend. She might be pregnant. She's smoking cigarettes, and she might be pre- You know, that's, you know, part of the headline news. Seriously? Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that is what keeps people from not being aware of what's going on in the actual reality of, you know, what will affect them. It, you know, like God is really transparent on what will affect us and how it affects us in his word. He lets us know straight up, if this, then this, you know. But the world now is just like, oh, well, you know, it's if, 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 if. It's all if. It doesn't give you any repercussions. It doesn't give you any. So now, you know, the kids are walking around talking about, you know, however you feel, it's fine. Whatever you do, it's fine as long as you don't hurt nobody else. I, and I was one of the one of the the little young ladies that was in the group yesterday. She she really unnerved me because I was talking about prayer. I said I would love to, you know, I'm going to talk to our our pastor and see if we can do a how-to pray session, not a prayer session, but how to pray because, you know, so we can pray better. And and I told her, and I was like, I said, because we're not supposed to just pray for ourselves. So we're really supposed to pray for everything and everybody else and pray for ourselves last because by the time we come back to, by the time we come around to ourselves, God has already given a solution to our situation because he wants us to be selfless and not selfish. And so she
she made the statement, well, I don't need to go back because I ain't going to pray for nobody like that, you know. And I'm like, wow. You know, I said, because I, said, I made the, I gave the scenario about you might know somebody who might try to commit suicide. I said, and, and she was like, well, that's their problem. And I'm like, right. And I'm like, hmm. And you know, and I and and the way I have the discussion set up, I because it's a discussion where they can share how they feel or, or whatever. I can't come at her the way I wanted to mm-hmm. because I still want it to be where they they feel comfortable to be able to say stuff like that. And so, but when I the statement that I made, and I, it was nothing but God, so I can't remember all that I said, but I was just like, the thing is. What if somebody said that about you? Because as you pray for them, someone is praying for you. Mm-hmm. And how would you feel if somebody said the same thing, I don't have time or I don't care about the outcome of that person? You know, and so she got, she kind of got this look, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to leave that alone, but just to give her something to think about for her to say that, you know. Right. And I was just like, wow, this is how they think. This is how they think. This is how they've been programmed. Like, it's, whatever you do with your life is fine. Be suicidal. That's how, hey, you choose that. That's, that's, your, that's your issue, not mine. You know, and so I was just like, wow, this is crazy. It's, it's so crazy. I see it's scary. Yeah, yeah. And, and, she, and, and she had also, you know, for her, to, when she brought it up, I thought she was gonna go another way with it, but she had made the she had made a statement about um, how on her timeline or one of her, you know, Snapchats, whatever, whatever, um, she was like they had someone had put up a meme um, about a baby because you know how we, um, I, they were so many months pregnant or so many weeks pregnant or whatever. And they had either had a miscarriage or was with a miscarriage. And they had took a, a picture of the baby. And um, I don't know if it was a person that had the miscarriage or someone that saw the picture and decided to put um, a, a, a mem to it. And it was like, doesn't this look like the naked mole rat from... Um, a cartoon. Mm. And I was like, wow. And she's laughing. And she was like, it was sad, but it was funny at the same time. And I'm like, there was nothing funny about that. You know? Right. It's like, that's not even funny. It's not funny, you know? And so, and I'm looking at her, and she's like cracking up. And she's like, but it wasn't, she said, it was and I'm like, but you're still laughing. You know, and so I just kind of stopped looking at it because I wanted to punch her. <laughs> I did. I wanted to punch her. And I think my daughter felt me because she was, like, looking, she was sitting across the table from me, and she was just looking at me. And so I kind of, like, turned my head, and I was just like, I'm going to let her get herself together. We're going to move on, you know, because that really bothered me. Mm-hmm. You know, because that means that there is a there is a group of individuals that think like her, 
in that age range. And those are the ones who have voting power. Those are the ones who have um, the power to to um, propel this society in a way that is very detrimental, you know. And so I was just like, that's that's scary. That's really scary. So, okay, uh, we've we've totally gone off course today, but that that was that was that was so needed. <laughs> that was really, really so. Oh, if you would mind putting us into um, start our Bible study, Miss Pam. Okay. Father, all the praise and all the glory goes to you forever and ever. I thank you, Father, for this day and for allowing us to be able to enjoy it. Father, I thank you for this call, for all of those who call in for fellowship, to share and to learn of your word. Father, what a glorious way to start our work week, speaking of you. Father, I pray that during the course of this call, we we hear something, we learn something that will touch our lives, that will help us in our walk with you, that will help us just to make it through the day and through the week. I pray, Father, that we are being beacons for for other people, whether we realize it or not, that people are looking at us and, and, and wondering what is that light and that they are drawing closer to it and, and in turn, Father, make them draw closer to you. Father, we just thank you so much for your love, for your mercy, and for your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 All right. So, so last week, um, we were talking about Joseph and his many colors and um, his many colored coats and um, about how his brothers didn't like him, you know, and how Joseph was the favorite. And his um, his dad um, had made him this, this coat of many colors, this coat of many colors, you know, to, to show how much he treasured Joseph. And so, um, and his brother sold him into slavery. And so Joseph is actually, you know, um, a representation of what I got as I was studying for this lesson was that Joseph represents, not only does Joseph represent Christ, but Joseph represents any believer, any believer who has, the covering of of the, of the spirit upon them. So anyone walking in the spirit of God, we are and being shown favor. Is people see that that light that we have, that light that that shines within us, that shows that God is, you know, that we're one of His favorites. Yay, you know. Um, and it's, it's, we might not feel it. We might not feel that we're his favorite because we're going through something, you know, any, we could be going through something at the time. But, um, you know, when when we actually give our lives over to him, we are his favorite. And the enemy doesn't like that. 
You know, the enemy doesn't like that. And so um, that's reflected in the jealousy and, the, and, you know, the jealousy and the anger and the hatred that his brothers show him. So the, his brothers reflect our family, our friends, our seven degrees of separation, people that you see, you know, sometimes that just don't like you even after they met you just once. It's just like they just see the favor of God on you, and they see that, you know, that um, the hope that's in you and that hope that they wish they had, they got to kill it. You know, because that was one of the things that the brothers had said, well, now that he, you know, now that we've done that, let's see that dream that he had come to life. So it's just how we as believers are being done. You know, people people are looking for us to, 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 to trip and fall. You know, they will purposely put obstacles in our way. But again, we don't fight against flesh and blood. So the enemy uses these people's the the feelings they cure. The enemy can use the feelings that we have for a person, towards a person, and manipulate that to have them act a certain way. Because again, we we're giving him more. We're giving him more power that he actually has. He can manipulate a situation to make a person's jealousy increase to where he can suggest, you know, because God is spirit. So if God needs to have a willing vessel to have his will done on the earth, the same thing with the enemy. He could only duplicate, try to replicate what God does. So he's not a physical being. So that's why the word says we fight not against flesh and blood. So he will manipulate the feelings. That's why so you can tell if you're working in, in the flesh or the spirit based on, okay, how are you feeling about this? If you're working in anger, then you're not working with God, unless it's a righteous anger because you know it's something that God would not like. But if you're working in anger because the person stepped on your foot and didn't say, excuse me, now you you have opened the door for the enemy to use that situation to be used to either make your day worse or the person's foot that you stepped on worse or whatever. And so that's what happened with with the story with, with Joseph. He, they, he used the anger and jealousy that was festering in the brothers to kill what he knew God was going to be doing through Joseph to try to kill it. And so um, we're going further into um, that story in Chapter 39. Um unless there's any comment or question on what I just said. Oh. All right, so going, going to um, chapter 39, verse 1. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, 
bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. Thither. Brought him down there. <clears throat> Sorry. Now, Potiphar was, um, was an officer was an officer of the court of the of the Pharaoh. He was he was an officer. Um and the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And so even even as you see here, they knew that there was a God. Even in Egypt, even if they didn't actually worship God, they knew that there was a God. Potiphar knew that God's hand was in Joseph's life. And so with Joseph being in his household, he knew that because Joseph was in his household was the only reason why he was prosperous. And the same thing when you're at a job. Even though they don't know it's you, you know, you we you know, wherever you are in your relationship with God, you make that particular um you make it prosper. Your belief and your your prayers and everything makes that job prosper. And you know, and it's in, in you because the people around you, they have they have a comfort in you and they and you help them you, your hope and you encourages them to do better. So it's all connected. Chapter and verse 3. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight. And he served him. And he made him overseer over his house. And all that he had, he put it in his hand. So because Joseph was such a good worker, he put everything in Joseph's hand. You know what? You have free reign. Even though Joseph was a quote-unquote slave because he was bought with a price, because he had, because he saw all that Joseph could do with when he put stuff in his hand, he just gave him full reign over his whole house. That's in the natural. Now think about that in the spirit. The blessings of God came through the whole house because he gave Joseph full reign over his whole house. Now bring it to us today. If we gave God, the Holy Spirit, full reign over everything in our house, over everything in our lives, it would prosper. Mm. It's as simple as that. It, it, it goes, it, it's, that, it's that simple and that complex one. Because the thing is, we have to get to that, that degree of submission to be that humble and to know that if I let him have full reign, everything will be taken care of. I'll have no lack, I'll have no need for anything. Everything will be taken care of. So that's the level we have to get to. And it came to pass from the, from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. 
and the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. Isn't that awesome? He had, so basically, if you take out Joseph and put the Holy Spirit, that's the same thing we would have. We would have the blessing of the Lord upon all that we have in the house and outside the house. So the, the promotion that you're looking for, the business that you're looking to start, you're, you know, it, it goes on and on. Verse 6, and he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not all he had. So the bread he did eat. And so to show you how he, he, left, all, he left everything in Joseph's hand. He was so comfortable with Joseph that he didn't even think about what was going on in his house. He left the house every day like, oh, Joseph got it. I'm good. I'm going to go do what I have to do over here. I'm good. So, again, taking Joseph and putting it, putting it in the Holy Spirit, and he says, and when we left, and when we leave, and making it present tense, I'm making it real, you know, and, and when we leave, all that we have is the Holy Spirit's hand. We would know not what we have saved the bread which we did eat because we know, based on verse 5, the blessing of the Lord was upon all that we have in the house and in the field. So we won't even worry about. That goes back to not going to the New Testament. We would be like the birds and, you know, the birds and the animals. We wouldn't, we would, all we would care about was they already care about where their food is coming from because they know that the Lord has them. We have to be that surrendered in our lives so that he can, because then he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly and above all that we can ask or think. He will do exceedingly and abundantly all that we can ask or think. So if we're not asking or, you know, trying to think of stuff that we need, he will do even more than that. But we're putting our mouth and our thoughts on it because out of the heart, our, our mouth speaks. So if we're speaking negatively, if we're speaking out of turn, we are therefore hindering him from doing exceedingly. It's all connected. Okay, on. And Joseph is a goodly person and well-favored. A goodly person actually means he was handsome. Mm, okay. Okay. Not just handsome. I mean, he was, he was well-favored, and he was handsome. So he was like he was like a trifecta. He was a hard worker. He was cute, and he had integrity. Whoa. You know, what every woman should want. Those okay. three things. <laughs> a hard worker, a man of integrity, you know, and, you know, nice looking to your eyes. So, you know, verse 7, and it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, look, my master wanteth, wanteth, wanteth not what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither has he kept back anything for me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? 
And it came to pass as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her, excuse me, to lie by her or to be with her. And so this is just like the temptation of Christ. Come on, you know, that even that, this goes back to Adam and Eve even, day by day. So daily she was coming at him. Daily he's telling her, no, no, I can't, no. He's giving me all of this. I, I'm taking care of all of this. And he, you know, he doesn't have me locked up. He doesn't, you know, all he's telling me is I can do anything I want, just not you. I need you to back up off me. I, I need you to stop. No, 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 no. But unlike you know, but unlike Adam and Eve, he's standing on the no because he says sin against God. So even he knew that so he he stood on not sinning against God. Unlike Adam and Eve, who who did eat the fruit, he was like, okay, no, this is a sin against God. If I even lay down with a married man, so not only would I be disrespecting the man of this house. And because after all that he's done for me, I would also be sinning against God. I can't do that. No, okay. she, and so, um, verse 11, and it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there. And she called him by his garment. So now this is a physical restraint. She couldn't capture him with her words, so now she's trying to physically restrain him to do what she wants, saying, lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and shot him out. <laughs> Resist the devil. Now, he fled, but he, you see what I mean? It's like the, the enemy will try to physically restrain you. You know now, now okay. I can't get I can't get you to to okay. So now we're going spiritual. He can't get you to stop trying to reach your goal. Well, aren't you tired? No, I'm not tired. I'm going to continue on with what I got to do. Well, you know, aren't you aren't you mad at that coworker? Don't you want to just do? You know, you can stop for now. No, I'm going to continue on. Now he has to physically, he has to physically try to restrain you. So therefore, comes sickness, or maybe you have a fight with your, you know, with with the coworker or with your boyfriend, girlfriend, or your wife, or your children. Now it's a physical restraint, something where you have now not only do you have to use your words, you have to use your body to try to get out of the situation. And he said, and she called him, and he, and he said, he said no, and he, and he got out of the garment and fled. And it came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand, and was fled forth. That she called unto the men of her house, and said unto them, See, he has brought in a Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. And she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home. 
And she spake unto him according to these words, saying, The Hebrew servant which thou hast brought unto us came unto me to mock me. And it came to pass as I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled out. And it came to pass when the, his master heard the words of his wife, which she spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me that his wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. And so if, if, the, if the enemy can't do it, show you how he works. He says, now I gotta accuse you. If I can't if I can't hinder you myself, I gotta destroy you. I have to destroy your name and your I have to destroy your character and then have you restrained some kind of way. Because you wouldn't do it willingly. Now I have to bring others in to do it for you or for me. So deceptions and false accusations are, are always put forth. And I mean, the same thing was done with that we, you know, we always re- reference Job. And when you look at Job, that's basically what happened because of the protection that he saw over Joseph's life. He knew that he couldn't touch her. That everything else in Joseph's life wasn't protected. So he said, well, you know, you, you know, he told God, you have everything of his protected. But God was like, okay, I've protected nothing but him. So you can't touch nothing but you can touch him up to his life. You can't kill him. But he was still saying. And, and that's the thing. The enemy wants us to back down. He wants us to back up. You know, he wants us to be in fear. And he will always accuse us in front of other people if we don't back down on our own. So, again, he's duplicating what God will do, but in the opposite. It's like Superman and and, um, and uh, Bizarro. I don't know if you, I don't know if you could. Uh, that's the only reference I could think of. But, you know, if you're into, like, comics and stuff, whoever listens to this will get it. But Superman was a good one, and Bizarro was his evil twin in the, you know, in the in another dimension. So what Superman would consider good, but all would consider bad and vice versa. And that's how the devil is. He does the exact opposite of what God would do. And so with, when it comes to regard, God wants our submission so that he can bless us. And in our submission, it's also for our protection. Whereas in our, if you submit to Satan and what he's looking for, he's looking to hinder you and bind you and, and, and keep you bound in a negative state. And if you don't go willingly, he will try to force you there through all of these, you know, deceptions and stuff. And what I, um, one of the things that had stood out was the covering and favor of the Lord in your life causes those who see it to either hate you or want you. They will either hate you enough to try to kill you or they're going to want you enough to try to get you. It's one of the two. But it's not even you. It's the light, the favor of God on you that that draws them, that woos them. Those who hate your dreams 
want the light they see. I'm sorry. For those who there there are those who will hate you because of your dreams, because of the goal that's in you, and there's going to be those who want you because of the light that they see in you, and so they desire that light. Have you ever seen? Um, you know, there was a guy at my job, and I told him, I said, um, you know, I said there, you know, we used to talk about scriptures and stuff all the time when we first met. And I told him, I said, the light that's in you, that God has on you, draws people. I said, be very careful. And I wasn't even walking as close to God as I am now. So when I said this, I kind of said it jokingly, you know. But but I, I felt compelled to tell him. And I said, the light that's in you draws the opposite sex a lot because they see you know, they see something in you and they want that. Now, he wasn't the, he wasn't the best looking guy. He wasn't ugly. But, you know, you, you you just saw how he would walk into a room and nothing but the females in the room would like, hey, hey, John, <laughs> hey, you know, giving him the eye and all this other stuff, you know. And he was only like five six, but he walked like he was six two. It was that kind of kind of okay. magnetism that he had. And so I said, "Be careful." And then um, that was like I knew him. I knew him real good, like the first two three years that I met him. Um, and then you know, further into the years at the job, we just we kind of lost touch. And then I started hearing rumors about how. You know, he was with this girl, and he, you know, he hooked up with this girl at the job. And I'm like, okay, well, you know. And so that's how the enemy does, because there was a call in his life to be a minister. He even said it. And so if there's a call in a, in a favor that's on you, the enemy will use all, he will pull out all stops to use what God has instilled in you for his gain. And to take the glory away from God. And um, but the thing is, if you if you don't give up your dream, you know, or you don't give into your desires on your own, it ends up with deception and persecution, and you will be bound. You will be bound. You know, not in. Um, you won't be bound in a good way, you know, where your flesh will be. The devil is like this. I can either bind you in pleasure or I can bind you in pain. It's one of the two. Mm. You know, it's one of the two. And if you're not, if you bind, I can bind you in pleasure, you know, if you choose it yourself. But if you don't, I got to bind you in pain. It's as simple as that. You know, and you know, and 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 that's why it's just it's it's yeah. So when I when I hear, you know, and I mean I, I'm gonna leave that alone. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, um, it, it is so hard because when people say, well, you know, God did this and God did that, and it's just like, um. Why? Why would you say he did it? 
if you're bound in pleasure, bound in pain, you know, but you're confused or you're not happy or whatever, that's not God. Because one, he's not an author of confusion. And two, he doesn't he doesn't deal in pleasure and pain. He deals in love. He doesn't care if your body feels pleasure. I mean, that's not his thing. He's just like it's it's the joy you receive with your wife or whatever, your husband. I mean, hey, that's that's between you and your husband and your wife. But in the long run, he just wants he just wants you to be at peace. He wants you to be happy. And happiness has nothing to do with your body feeling pleasure or you going through pain. You know, so I mean that's that's it in a nutshell, you know. So um any questions or comments, criticisms? Nope, I am good. Uh I'm gonna put you on mute in a few minutes, um, because one of the workers is going to be here soon, and so I need to to get dressed and so on and so forth. So I'll still be listening, but I'll um, but you'll be on mute. Okay, okay, okay. Um, verse twenty-two, and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison, and whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him, and that which he did, the Lord made it prosper. And so look at that. Even he went from the 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 um, Potiphar's house, who was basically an officer of the Egyptian court, to and and having everything in his hand there, and 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 the 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 guard not really caring, Potiphar not caring what was, what he did because he knew the Lord was with him. To now he's in prison, and even the prison, you know, officer over the over the whole jail was like, you know what, Joseph, do you take over? You you keep you keep all of that, okay? All right, I'm gonna you know I got some other stuff I'm gonna do over over here. So even in prison. Joseph had full reign. The same thing with with Christ. He he knew he knew how to be in wealth, being in the heaven, and he even came and he was able to go into to live on. He knew all three realms. He knew how to live in heaven already. Then he knew how to live in the earth. Then he went down into hell prison. He was able to understand and take back the keys of death and hell. And he was able to understand even that death as well. So we have to, you know, God understands all three levels. And he understands all three levels that we deal with. Our spirit, soul, and body, he understands those levels because Christ understands those levels. And so we, we can't say that he doesn't understand what we go through. But through Christ, he's able to, if we look at his example, we're able to go, we're able to live through it. And God is able to understand if we, if we trip every once in a while. But he's, but because Christ is able to get through it in the flesh, then he's saying you're without excuse. You're able to do it. You just have to have the, you just have to have the will 
and the submission to want to do it, to say, you know what, not my will, but your will be done, Father. That's the difference between us going through and Christ going through. He gave full reign and full submission to the Father. Where we him and haw and we, you know, do our thing, and we're just like, um, I think I want to do it myself, thanks, you know. So that's the difference. Um, chapter 40, and these are about dream interpretations. And so, um, and it came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord, the king of Egypt. I wonder what they did. To offend, they both offended him. Both offended him and got locked up. And the, the Pharaoh was very angry against two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers. And he put them in ward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them, and they continued to see a season in ward. And they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which were bound in the prison. And Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward, saying, Why look you so sadly today? And they said unto him, We have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, Do not interpreters belong to God. Tell me them, I pray you. And the chief settler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream, behold, a vine was before me, and the vine, and in the vine were three breasts, and it was as though abetted, and her blossoms shot forth, and the crust of the earth brought forth ripe grapes. And the Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into the Pharaoh's cup and gave the cup into the Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said unto him, This is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall the Pharaoh lift up your head and restore you unto your place. And you shall deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when you was his butler. Okay. And it says, But think on me when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray you, unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews. And here also I have done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon. So he so he, he, he pled his case. I was put in prison before, and I'm put in prison here, and nothing I've done has, has warded me for, for me to be here. So just remember me. Just remember me. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, he said unto Joseph, I also was in my dream, and behold, I had three white baskets on my head, and in the uppermost basket there was all manner of baked meat for Pharaoh, and the birds did eat them out of the basket upon my head. And Joseph answered and said, This is the interpretation. The three baskets are three days. Yet within three days 
shall Pharaoh lift up your head from off thee, and shall hang thee on a tree, and the birds shall eat from off thee. And it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all his servants, and he lifted up his up the head of the chief butler and of the chief baker among his servants. And he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again, and he gave the cup unto Pharaoh's hand. But he hung the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted. Yet did not the chief yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. And and that's and that and that is what we do as um as even Christians. Like we after, you know, after we receive the reward, the blessing that we were, you know, we were uh told that we were gonna receive, we forget to go we forget who the blesser was. Who was the one that told us? So again if we if we take Joseph and replace it with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit says once you know, once I you know, once I I um you know, give you this interpretation of your dreams and everything and the blessing come, don't forget to tell me tell people about me. Go tell people about me, you know. Let them know what happens. Let them know that, you know, I'm I'm locked up in here. You know, I'm I'm locked out of the the the, the highways and the byways and let them know who I am. You know, and but once we get blessed, we forget. And he's just like, really? Um, it took two years. It took two years for the, um, for, it took two years for the chief brother to remember Joseph. And that's how it is with us as Christians. It takes a while for us sometimes to remember it wasn't me who got me here. Because that's how the world makes us think sometimes. After a while, you know, we get the blessing, and then, we, you know, we go from, oh, God did this to look what I did. But there's something brings back to our remembrance that it wasn't us, but God, that got us to where we are. And so we're going to end this on chapter 41. Um we're going to just do part of 41 because it starts off with a dream, okay? So um, chapter 41, and it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river, and there came up out of the river seven well-favored kind, which is um, cows, and fat fleshed, and they said in the in the in the meadow, and behold, seven other cows came up after them out of the river, ill-favored and lean fleshed. So they were um, they were skinny, they were malnourished, and stood by the other cows upon the brink of the river, and the and the sickly cows did eat up the seven fat cows. So Pharaoh woke up, and he slept and dreamed the second time. And behold, seven ears of corn came upon came up upon one stalk 
rank and good. That means plump and, and ready to eat. And behold, seven thin ears blasted with the east wind sprung up after them. And the seven thin ears devoured the seven full ears. And Pharaoh woke up, and behold, it was a dream. And it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled. And he stood and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men thereof. And so as you can see, even though the even though Potiphar and the prison guard knew that there was a God that Joseph was under, the where they were in Egypt, they didn't believe in God. They they didn't believe in the holy God that we serve. They still had they still dealt in, in spiritism and stuff like that. He called magicians. He didn't call any prophets. He didn't call he called magicians and, and the wise men of Egypt. So they weren't they weren't serving the same God as you can see. And Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was none that could interpret them unto unto Pharaoh. Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh. Um, this sit the chief of Antipharo saying, I do remember my thoughts this day. Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me in the ward in the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker. And we dreamed the dream in one night, I and he. And we each, we dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream. And there was there with us a young man, a Hebrew, servant to the captain of the guard, and we told him, and he interpreted to us our dream to each man according to his dream he did interpret. And it came to pass that he, as he interpreted, so it was me being restored and him hanged. Then the Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. And he shaved himself and changed his raiment and came in unto Pharaoh. And so, um, and, and Pharaoh said unto Joseph, excuse me, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of, of you that you can understand a dream to interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, In my dream, behold, I stood upon the bank of the river. And um, and he is basically with the, the Pharaoh. Um, we give him the, the, the dreams over again about the, the cows and the corn. And so going to verse 25, um, okay, 24. And so and uh, he said, I told this unto the magician, but there was none that could declare it to me what, what the dreams meant. And so Joseph in verse 25, and Joseph said unto Pharaoh, the dream of Pharaoh is one. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. 
So this lets us know that God will show you. He will give us, he He gives us warning. He gives us warning. If we heed it or not is the thing. He gives us warning. And so, you know, I'm just going to keep reading. Let me finish this. And so um, the seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good years are seven years. The dream is one. And the seven thin and ill-favored cows that came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty ears blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. This is the thing which I, will, which I have spoken unto Pharaoh, what God is about to do. He shows unto Pharaoh, Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, and there shall arise after them seven years of famine, and all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine shall consume the land, and the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of that famine following, for it shall be very grievous. And for that, the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. Um, And that means um, the thing is established by God, and it means the meaning is the events are certain and coming soon. So this is letting us know right here. I'm going to pause right here. that. Again, God will warn us. God will warn us in our dreams through prophets, um, through visions of things that will affect us. He will let us know for individual basis as well as for our community, um, for your seven degrees of separation, for you know whatever. He will let He will let us know ahead of time as a warning, just like he did with Noah. He let Noah know ahead of time this is what's going to happen. For those who have ears, let them hear. For those who have eyes, let them see, who are willing to understand what God puts before them. He will let you know. And the thing is, there. and this also, in this reading, it lets us know that there are two things that our dreams, or our, the the warnings are they are certain because God has established it to happen, or it's a warning of what the enemy is trying to do. And the difference of the two is if it's God established, you know He lets you know what you need to do to good morning, sweetie. Um, he will let you know. You said ten o'clock. Okay, he will let you know um, what you need to do to be prepared for something that is a certain event because he's established it and it has to come to pass. And he will also let you know if it's if it's from the enemy how to speak against it so it can be destroyed or diverted or changed to the will of God so it has no effect on you. So if 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 you are if you take heed to his warning, you can be delivered. You you can you know 
be um, be able to withstand it and stand there for, as Sam says. And so, um, uh, and the last of it says, um, verse 33, now therefore let Pharaoh look out um, a man discreet and wise and send him over the land of Egypt. Let Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land and take up a fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven previous years, and let them gather all the food of those goods, good years that come, and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh, and let them keep food in the city. And that food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land perish not through the famine. And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And the Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this, this as this is, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God has showed thee all this, there is none no discreet and wise as thou as, as you are. You shall be over my house. And according to all your words shall be all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than you. And so um, that's going to end the the study for today, as far as the reading. But um, but that just shows you how you know um, the favor of God will never be can never be the the goals of God can never be hindered. They might be obstructed and diverted. But God will always make a way for it to come back on track to the way it needs to be for his will to be done. And so just what he, the vision that he gave Joseph back in from when he was a youth, that those around him would bow down to him, now it's coming back around. But he had to, but, you know, um, because the enemy knew what was going to happen, he tried to kill it. He tried to he tried to divert it. He tried to hinder it. But you know that that same scripture says that what, what the devil meant for bad, God turned around for his good. God did not allow all of this to happen. You know, God. God. People say God allowed, but the thing is. God gives us free reign and free choice. The only thing he can, the only what he does is he he makes sure that a choice is put there for you to have a way out. And it's in your relationship with him how strong you can be to get out of temptation, to get out of self, so that you can be nurtured and. And, and energized and revitalized by him. Because think about it, if, if Joseph was not in a relationship with God, when the wife came at him, he could have easily slept with her. And it's like, you know what, I'm worn down. You, you know, you kept coming at me, kept throwing yourself at me. You know what, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do it. Okay, that's fine, you know. But because he knew who God was, and he dedicated, and he had to, because what happened was 
he, because of his, um, just like I said before, how we, how our feelings are, opens the door for for the enemy to make to make a lot of the enemy a lot of headway. So because at the beginning when Joseph was young, his words were very seemed very pompous and very like you're going to bow down to me, you know. That opened the door for the anger and 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 hostility that his brothers had toward him already. To, to to have something to work with, and so that had him be not as protected as he would have been if he had been humble with the dreams that God had given him, the vision that God has given him. And that's the same thing we have to be. God has, God gives us if God gives you a vision, you can't be boastful in in yourself about it. There is, there is a, in your heart, you know that vision is not yours. In your heart, you know that it's not going to be actually all of you that's doing it. It's going to be God through you doing it. So you have to keep that perspective so that what all that you lay your hand on is covered by the Holy Spirit. It's covered under the protection of God, knowing that it's not your hand doing it, but God working through your hand, God working through your, your, you know, he's working through you for your good, but for his glory. That's the thing, working through you. And Joseph didn't know that at first. And so that's why the enemy wanted to destroy him, break him, kill him. He almost had him killed until... The other brother was like, no, we're going to make a profit off of him and sell and sold him. So he almost, he, the, the devil almost won and had him killed. But God stepped in and, and, and you know, he sold him instead. Sold him instead. And so that continued to let the, what God had already put forth in, in you know, to, to, be, to continue on. But the thing is, as he was going through all of these different things, that Joseph understood what being humble meant. That's why when he got to Potiphar's house, he was able to know that God was with him. And then knowing that everything that he touched prospered Potiphar. But the devil didn't like that, so he tried to kill him again. But he didn't kill him. Now he's in the, you know, in that, now the prison guard was able to see God in him. He didn't see Joseph, but he saw the God that was in Joseph. So now even Joseph knew it's not me, it's God in me working through me. And then we get to the last, and now he's in the house of Pharaoh, and he has as much power as Pharaoh, up to but not including the throne. Those were the words of Pharaoh. You have as much power as me, but not the power of the throne. So Pharaoh's like, my word is still the last word, but you're pretty much up there with me. And so we have to remember that the process that God has us going through 
You know, it's the enemy trying to make sure that we don't complete the process. He wants the seeds that God has sown within us to get choked up by the issues of life, to fall in the weeds and get choked, to fall in the rocks of the bigger issues of our life and not even take root, you know, that the good ground is the faith that we put in God. And he's able to work with that, and he's able to turn what the devil meant for bad around to our good and use us the way he wants to use us. And the visions that he gives us, he's able to bring them to pass. But as we've been talking about, it's a process. Amen. Um, are there any questions, comments, or criticisms? No, I'm good. Okay. Okay. I believe we're the only um, two that's on the call. So um, if you have, um, we're gonna, I'm going to end it right there so um, you can get finished getting ready for the, um, the workers. And I gotta get my daughter to school. I mean, to work too. Um, I pray for you. You pray for me, and then we pray out. Okay. Okay. Oh, um, say a prayer for Lashawn also, because she she listens um, at work on mute. Okay. Okay. All right. So I pray for Lashawn. I pray for you. You pray for me, and we out. How's that? Okay. Okay. All right. So Father, we come right now for Lashawn. Lord, we thank you for that woman of God, this woman of God who is um, is 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 basically stepping into her position that you have called her to be in. And Lord, we just thank you because without you, she would not have the strength or the do to be able to do that. Lord, we ask that you would just continue to watch over her and keep her her family, and her seven degrees of separation. High and lifted up with you, O oh Lord. Keep her foot from being dashed on the rocks that the enemy tries to put before her to make her trip and make her stumble in her walk with you, Lord. Whatever whatever issues that she's dealing with in the natural or in the spirit, Lord, we know that you can, you are the, you are the master um, tactician. You can give her the tactics that she needs. You are the master. You know how to give her the solutions, oh, God, that she'll be able to walk circumspectly around everything that the enemy tries to throw in her path. And we just thank you in advance for the grace and mercy that you have given her for this day. Lord, give her 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 daily bread that she needs for today. Help her to be able to stand and stand up for and help her to reflect to you with everything, even if the enemy tries to come at her today to make her react in flesh. We'll bring back to her remembrance that we fight not against flesh and blood and help her to walk and speak you and not herself. Help her to remember you and and not self so that she can continue to reflect you um, to all who see her and know that she professes you as her Lord and Savior. 
And Lord, we just thank you for the blessings of her day. In the name of you, shall we pray. Amen. Amen. So, Lord, we come for Pam right now. Lord, we thank you for this woman of God and all that she does on a daily basis for everyone. She tries to avail herself to to assist, to help, to um, to help propel, to propel dreams, and to help propel thoughts and the the goals and stuff that you have set for others. She, you have set her in a place to be the one to bounce ideas off of and to um, to cause um, steps to be to be put in place, or you help her to bring back to remembrance things that should be done or should not be done so that we can walk circumspectly. Lord, we just thank you for her because she's obedient and she's willing to share her knowledge without without um without without being upset about it. You know, I mean even and, you know, when she's having a bad day, she's willing to share, oh, Lord, because she knows in the sharing, in the sharing is is showing another aspect of you and, and letting her light so shine. And so, Lord, we just ask that you continue to watch over her and keep her this day as she goes throughout the, her processes today and everything that she has to do today, Lord, we ask that you just give her peace of mind. Ask her to give her the energy that she needs to make it through this today. And we thank you for the grace and mercy of, of waking her up this morning and starting her on her way so that she could share and we could share this call today, you know, and and um, and be a blessing to, to those that's in her life. And we will just give you glory and honor that only you deserve. And then we assure we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, anyone else on the call that wants prayer? Okay. Father, I come to you today to pray for Felicia to lift her up, thanking her for leading this call every week to start our week out, our work week out, learning of you, Father sharing your word, and the fellowship. Father, we thank you for her obedience, not only with leading this call, but in her participation with the prayer call and how she comes forward and and shares the knowledge that she has learned and, and clarifying and making things easier to understand in regard to your word. Father, that is obedience, and it does not come easy. It requires time spent with you. It requires an an understanding. And it is knowledge that she shares freely. That, of course, you expect of her as your child to help others get a better understanding of you. Father, we pray for health and wellness for Felicia, for her family, and for her household. Father, we ask you to continue to bless her, to bless her business that she is in the process of starting. We know that if you gave her that dream, you have already created the path for its success. 
and that even though she will have obstacles and, and she will have naysayers and, and she will have problems along the way, but you gave her that dream. And so we just pray that when she comes across this negativity that she just seeks you, Father, on the best way to get through it or around it or under it or what have you because you have already worked it out. She doesn't have to waste her time and energy trying to figure it out just to seek you. We thank you, Father, for blessing her. We thank you for the people that she is going to help. We thank you, Father, for your love, for your mercy, and for your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. And so, Lord, as we go forward today, we just close out this call. We um, we just thank you that of the revelations and the the words that you have given in these scriptures, oh God, giving us an understanding of of the power that we have, giving us an understanding of the authority and and what you want. We thank you for that. Well, we pray that it was put at the seeds are sown in good ground because we have faith in you. And so, Lord, we ask that you just watch over the seeds that have been sown today and let them not be plucked up. Help us to remember so that we can um, use them for our good, but in most part for your glory. And as we go forward, we speak that no weapon for me excuse me, formed against such a prosper, no weapon of sickness, illness, disease, infection, plague, or allergy, from bacteria, viruses, chemical, fungal, man-made, or blood bite. Nothing that we eat, drink, breathe, or touch shall cause us mental or physical harm. A thousand shall fall on our side and ten thousand on our right hand, but none shall come near where we dwell. Our body, our house, as we go forward, wherever we go, our foot treads are blessed and protected. Our us, fam, uh, a whole piece of um, family, and our seven degrees of separation. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Have a blessed day, sweetie. Talk to you in the morning. You too. Right. Bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.